everyone, and welcome to the Geek Rant episode. I'm not really sure, probably around 240, some somewhere around there, um, ish, ish. <laughs> this is one of our. Uh, we are away away this week. Uh, we're on our summer hiatus, uh, but this is uh, uh, extra new content that you've never heard before. Uh, and so I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockroll, and here to perpetuate this charade are your friends and mine, Seth, the Goo Kid Anderson, and Chris, the Command Line Godfather Neves. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, Seth. Let's uh, let's hope we had a good week when this one comes out. <laughs> I think we had an awesome week. Uh, I can tell you whatever's going on, I'm probably looking around for something in a box and going, honey, where are my pants? Um, <laughs> Everything is awesome, Mark. Just yes. remember that. Uh, so, again, we are we are in week pr- probably four. Not really sure what order I'm going to do these of our six-week hiatus. So uh, we're hoping uh, that you are missing us. I, I truly do. I hope that you're missing us. And uh, I am reading your comments at some point. I may even be replying to their to the emails, but I haven't had a chance to uh, bring them to the show because this is pre-recorded on uh, May 15th, 2016. So whatever date that is, you can do the math to see how old these news stories are. And in fact, we're doing some news a little older than that because we're using some of the uh, forgotten favorites of the news boneyard. Uh, sometimes when we just get going, we don't have time to do all of the news or sometimes none of the news. And Seth gets so excited about these things, we just have to do them. So here we are. We're going to start out here with the fact that uh, um, <laughs> math can get you in, in trouble. Um, and uh, <laughs> In lots of trouble. So we all count on the fact that when we go buy our lottery tickets, we're not going to win. We just know that. It's a given. Well, it turns out this guy had a different uh, mindset going in. Yeah, it's, I mean, in the one way, hats off to him because it's really rather clever. Um, What happened was he used some DLLs to, on certain days, if other conditions were met, it would use a different algorithm to get the numbers, an algorithm that he knew and he could predict, and thus he would be able to win. You know, and who knows? It might have been someone because it might have been someone in his family or a friend splitting the jackpot or whatever. But it took a forensic am- examination um, of the computer that had the generator code on it. And it was, it's really kind of clever. So, um, the drawings were either November 23rd or December 29th between the years 2005 and 2011. So it took him a long time to find it. And if there were some other conditions met, it would, it would substitute this algorithm that he knew beforehand what numbers it would generate. So it was, uh, I mean, on one hand, that's pretty cool. But on another hand, he undermined the system. And so good thing they finally caught him. Yeah, so Eddie Raymond Tipton, and we usually don't find out middle names unless you've shot at a president. You usually have to be a presidential <laughs> assassin to have three names. But right. this this uh, offense is so huge that Eddie Raymond Tipton is forever now known by all three names. He worked for the uh, the multi-state lottery association. Now, that's that's a problem right there, okay? When you work for something, you know you're automatically under suspicion. But the uh, the prosecutors suspected all the way back in April of 2015. So it took a, over a year to to pin anything on him. And they knew that he was a smart guy and that he had access to the machine. But it took him a while to figure out what it was. But, so basically, he knew that um, 
uh, probably he he just des, des, designed the algorithm, whatever it was, so that based on the date or the temperature or the you know the headline of the New York Times, whatever, he knew the, what the numbers would be on three given days throughout the year. Presumably, he could repeat this year over year. I don't know if they were date coded. Uh, it says you know between 2005 and 2011, so it uh, it happened. Uh, over the span of six years, three times. So repeatedly, this, yeah. This man won three jackpots, at least three jackpots that they could find. Um, and you know, can can employees even play? Uh, but like you said, Seth, he probably had a fence. That the article over here at Ars Technica doesn't go uh, that deep into it. But basically, the new the new evidence shows how how hard it is. To maintain the integrity, not that random number generators are hard, but keeping them uh, off limits. So mm-hmm. this was a trusted guy who had limited access, and he had to go, you know, to pretty heavy links, custom designing uh, DLLs and inserting them into the system um, there in Wisconsin, um, and and it would essentially it was a, a redirect. So he had uh, it was. I mean, it's it was a Stack Overflow or a, or a redirect. These are common hacks where you you get to a certain point of code and you're going to go to a place I want you to instead of a place you want to uh, want to go. Uh, when the conditions read, yeah, right. What I think is interesting about this is I, I didn't know that multi-state lotteries were done by computer. I mean, they always show the ball in the in the fan, right, with the cup picking. I thought it was all still yeah. physically. Randomized, but apparently, whichever the the lotto, the hot ball lottery must be fully digital, uh, and so that's what what he was going with. Uh, I'm not familiar with this one, um, but you know, go back to the ping pong balls with numbers on them. Uh, apparently, well, but I think yeah. the reason they went away from those is that they're riggable too. Well, that's true. You know, you you have one ball that's weighted just enough, and bing. Yeah, and you know. I don't know if it was, it might not have been the main, cause you know, there's the main game and then there's all the other undercard games. So, you know, if you go after the main game, everybody knows it, but if you read a couple of the undercard games, then may- maybe that's how they did it. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense. Cause I mean, I, I just can't believe that they figured out him out that, I mean, he was obviously under investigation, but wow, to be able to figure out that you have it set up for only three times a year, you have the, the opportunity to win. That's pretty so someone had their thinking cap on to track him down. Yeah, it says that the uh uh the the, the way they found him was that the, the the random numbers, quote, the numbers could be predicted by anyone familiar with the random number generators, security procedures, and the algorithm. So this guy had to find all of these. That's why it took years or a year to do it. Had to find those th- three things, and then he noticed a pattern, and then I guess probably went from there and said, "Well, which mm-hmm. numbers were were picked on these days? Who won it? Because you have to register uh, in most states. You can't do it anonymously." Uh, but up yeah. to fourteen okay. million dollars. Yeah. So here's a paragraph from a separate article. On December 23rd, a little more than a month after Tipton allegedly tampered with the computers, a man at a convenience store was videotaped buying a hot lotto ticket that later ran 14.3. Authorities identified that man as Tipton, but as an employee of the association, he was barred from buying lottery tickets or claiming lottery prizes. The winning ticket went unclaimed for almost a year. Hours before it was scheduled to expire, a company incorporated in Belize tried to claim the prize through a New York attorney. So that's how <laughs> he got around it. 
probably, you know, had some sunglasses and a trench coat when he bought it. And then, you know, it's shell game to, uh, you know, I own this company, which owns that company, which owns that company. And here's the lawyer who's doing it all. So they never know who does it. Right. Wow. And, uh, apparently one of his buddies, uh, said they went on to say the witness to uh, testified at the trial that Tipton told him before December 2010 that he had a self-destructing root kit. So that in his spare time, he built root kits. So these are, these are signs that smart people can be dumb too. Yep. If, if you're obsessed with root kits and you work for the lottery commission, just don't buy tickets. It's never going to work. <laughs> or the, the, the temptation to do evil will probably win out. It didn't work. The good guys won. Uh, so it, based on the new article that you read there, Seth, he never collected that money. He tried to and couldn't. Right. But maybe he did others. Or right. like I say, you know, partner with a friend. Hey, friend, how would you like to have win $8 million and give me six? So mm-hmm. under the table, of course. Yeah. So can you can you even buy a lottery ticket? From a lawyer from a corporation in Belize, I, I guess that's legal. I, I didn't. Yeah, you can. You just have to. You just have to buy the ticket where it's sold. Like, um, there was a uh, when when the lottery, like the Powerball, got up to like a billion. Um, places would like they would call and do quick picks and stuff like that, and facts improve and things like that. So. It just has to be purchased. There isn't a requirement, I think, that it has to be a U.S. citizen or anything that purchases it. That's crazy. Yeah, I do know the requirement is that you have to physically do it. You can't do it uh, through an intermediary. You can't do it online. You can't do mail order. Um, and that's that's a, uh, considered a stopgap to keep people from buying, you know, in a $200 million lottery for $100 million, you could buy enough permutations of tickets to be relatively certain you get it. Um, but it's physically not possible because you'd have to have people standing in lines at every store in three states. Uh, so that's that's right. considered a state a stopgap there. Right. Still, I'm I'm impressed with the work he put into it to get that to work. Yeah, but cheaters though, never prosper. It didn't work. Even, for him. Yep. Even though he got caught, I still I applaud yeah. the thought process he must have done to to figure out. Hey, I can game the system a little bit if I do this. Mad props not to your geek process. skills. Yeah. yeah. His computing power and <laughs> mental power, but not his process. So. Well, okay. Yeah. Good, uh, good geek skills, bad criminal skills. Didn't quite work out for him. <laughs> um, and this next one is like unto it. Good geek skills, uh, or maybe good criminal skills, bad geek skills in this case. Uh, an online course's metadata helps the NCA catch some cheating coaches. Yes. So, um, you know, of course, the NCAA teams, they want to get the best players and sometimes the best players are not the smartest players. So, and that's not, that's not always the case. There's some athletes that are much more intelligent than me, but you know, so what happened is this coach hired interns and would fly the interns out to where the guy lived to do his online coursework for him. And the way they caught them is sometimes the interns did the coursework 
in locales where he wasn't. Like, for example, he oh. would be away at a game, say, in New York, but his course data shows he logged in from Montana. Um, and, you know, those are just examples of what it was. And so they were able to figure this out. And basically, they banned the coach. Uh, Johnny Tyndale. Yeah. Um, of the Uni- University of Southern Mississippi. Um, so banned for 10 years. Yeah, his yeah. his his life livelihood's gone. By the time he comes back, he'll be too far out. And this wasn't they weren't just hiring anybody, Seth. Not some band booster or I mean or uh sports booster, but uh graduate assistants. Mm-hmm. Uh student uh, gra- postgraduate GAs flying across state lines. So this actually uh, could be considered a federal crime. Uh, just to keep these guys playing basketball, or or these these in some cases were recruits that he wanted to play basketball. They weren't even his team members yet. They were recruits that he was hoping to get. Crazy, crazy. And there's there's lots of money in uh, college sports. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the reasons even the university got punished, but one of the reasons they weren't punished as severely when they found it out, they punished themselves. And so, you know, that kind of saved them from a more serious thing. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, okay, I know stuff like this happens, but dude, I can't believe stuff like this happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, so, I mean, and then, like I say, the way they got caught is because it, the, the work done didn't match up where the guy was supposed to have been. And, uh, so that metadata is important. I guess if I guess if you're gonna cheat, you need to go private or something in your browser before you do, or just use a uh, proxy. I mean, you don't even. Yeah. Have, he he just didn't know the system. He didn't have to fly somebody out there. He could just use a proxy or VNC for crying out loud. He could have saved millions right. in airfare just using lockedin.com. <laughs> it would have would have changed everything. Or yeah. even doing the uh, uh the whole here's your final work. Just push the submit button. Yeah, we're going to set this computer up at your house yeah. <laughs> and just just turn it on when we tell you and leave it on. So here's a, a subset, uh, section from the report. Student Athlete 7, as he's known, was enrolled at a two-year institution in Florida. Uh, and again, this is uh, um, Donnie Tyndale of University of Southern Mississippi. So this guy was at a, a junior college uh, and USM wanted him. So Student Athlete 7 was enrolled at a two-year institution in Florida. According to his coach, Student Athlete 7, a weak student was, quote, way far away, uh, excuse me, was as far away from graduating as any cat I've ever had that did graduate. In the spring and summer of 2013 semesters, Student Athlete 7 was enrolled in 10 three-hour courses at his two-year institution and four online courses, one English, two math, and a psychology course. In spite of an approximately 2.2 grade point average in his two-year on-campus work, student athlete seven made managed three grades of A and one B for GPA of 3.75 in his online courses. <laughs> yeah, That's that would raise a red dress. flag in anyone's book. <laughs> yep. You suck in class, but man, you rock at home. Um, hello. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of times they count on on people looking the other way. Uh, this is an apocryphal story that comes from my hometown. I, I didn't I didn't experience it. I don't know, but I'm told by people I trust that it happened. There, uh, many years ago, there was a uh, a a, ta- a gifted athlete that came from the tiny rural parts of of Texas where I'm from, uh, and went on to play uh, college ball. And, and this hulking black football player um, was dumb as a brick. 
And so he went to his local uh, uh, testing center to to test uh, for the the SATs uh, to get into college. And when he showed up, he was a five foot five inch blonde cheerleader. And <laughs> and the proctor said, "Yep, looks like a hulking six foot black man to me. Everything's fine." And so said five foot blonde cheerleader took the test, and hulking six foot black football player got into college. Um, I, I I believe that because I come from a state where the two main religions are first football and then Christianity. Uh, so I accept this to be true, and I could certainly see how this coach could have expected to get away from it, uh, get away with it, because at you know this four to uh, 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 two year college, they might have said. Okay, that's fine. It wasn't until somebody else started looking into it. And it's entirely right. possible that the, not only were the graduate assistants and the, co- and the coach and the student were all in on it, but everybody else who could have raised a red flag didn't because that's how important college sports are. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, in, in high school, coaches teach classes. And uh, a coach from when I was in high school told the class that when he was in high school, all the athletes said at one table – and the coach who taught that class would hand one test to the entire table. And so they got to pull their resources and were able to combine their work. So in, in, in Texas, but the South and really the whole country sporting sports are king, you know, that from the movie concussion, you know, whenever he's talking to the doctor, you're going against the corporation that owns a day of the week. So, you know, sports are king, uh, good or bad or indifferent and so i'm you know stuff like this probably happens all the time um you know i almost wonder if the person who found it out didn't get cut at their next performance review how dare you expose us and make us look bad you're fired yeah and then when things started getting a little rough coach tyndale deleted all his emails but never delete all your emails even if they're incriminating the fact that you deleted them nobody has a, an empty inbox with empty trash nobody so as soon yeah. as you do that uh-oh red flags raise and geeks like me know how to find that stuff even if you've deleted it delete yep, it there's... long enough before that it's fallen off the backups right it's got to be like 30 cheating to 60 days yeah cheating 101 yeah. and even even then it may not work because there could be st- backup copies where those people don't know so yeah so but very the, very fun the the university banned themselves for two years they didn't play ball for two years uh and then the ncaa uh did three years of probation after that so huh. the the university knowing that if they didn't self-correct they would be corrected uh just said we're not playing basketball for two years and they probably got off cheap with that. Yeah. And this is not just about, you know, oh darn your kids don't have any uh ball games to go to. This is millions and dollars of uh endorsement deals and TV rights and commercials uh that you lose. This is a major uh revenue source for universities. And so it's a big deal. Yep. Yep. I mean even the Podunk little school that I used to work at at East Texas, um the football program was a money generating thing uh because people you know paid money to have their logo on the scoreboard that everybody looked at uh yep. you know uh, 20 times a year as they were sitting there watching their little johnny uh run for touchdowns um and it paid for some things and when when that money started to dry up uh 
you know, there was a hit there. And that's, I'm just talking about a tiny little school of 200 students. Um, if you, you go back to, you know, you're looking at like Notre Dame, just to pick a, uh, a school that I know, uh, it could be 30% of their budget. I don't know that it is, but it could be, it wouldn't surprise me if it was that much of their athletic budget. Yeah. Or more. Towns in Texas are paying 30, 40 and $50 million for football stadiums with artificial astroturf. Yeah. The whole bit. Yeah, th- this is not a college. This is not a professional team. This is a freaking high school. So, you know, you go to other parts of the country and their, their universities would love to have what three and four A schools mm-hmm. in Texas have, uh, for sports facilities. Yeah. You go to Odessa Permian or Arlen- Arlington Martin out in West Texas and you, you, these are, this is NFL quality, uh, uh, environment for, 16 year old kids to run on wow yep like i said football first god second hmm and if they would have took that and changed it man there wouldn't be half as many problems in the country <laughs> <laughs> and i was every coach's nightmare a giant hulk of a guy with no interest in playing football and you know <laughs> just not a good thing um okay uh moving on along to something that is not related in any way, uh, but is both kind of cool and scary all at the same time. An adware program that takes a screenshot of your desktop and uploads it. That's scary. Yeah, it's um, it's called Faster Internet. So if you have this on your computer, uh, delete it now. But um, and it's one of those things. It's not a, it's not you know a malware or Trojan. It's bundled with. You know, it's one of those, would you like to install this along with your program? So, you know, faster internet. What it does is it takes a snapshot of your, of your desktop and then it uploads it. So imagine if you have your password management program open at the time where you're going through and changing your banking passwords or your social media passwords or whatever, uh, or it has your bank account numbers on it and you happen snap, click, upload, and then, you know, <laughs> that's just i can't i mean the fact that it's there but the fact that it's on a le- a program that is quote unquote legitimately installed is uh i don't understand how that happens so the passwords that's the low-hanging fruit right but if you yeah, happen right. to get on you know senator smith's computer and you happen to see a skype a naked skype call with the senator smith's intern um that that just became a much more valuable screenshot than, oh, yeah. than my bank account information. You're going to get a couple grand out of me. You could get millions out of Senator Smith. Mm-hmm. It's kind of spooky yep. what's out there anymore. Now, many years ago, I, I'm talking 99, 2000. That, that was a while back. I um, was pitched by and totally interested in a software um, uh, it was it was a not a content filter but a content management system called Little Brother. Okay, it wasn't Big Brother, it was Little Brother. And what Little Brother did was it scanned for various word searches in emails or anything, just like anything else, but it didn't block. It continued on, but it would open uh, a screen cap and start recording full motion video for X amount of time after it saw one of those things and email it wow. to the admin account. Um, 
And this was an endpoint appliance, so I didn't have to install anything on the computers uh, uh, on the LAN. I had to install a single endpoint appliance that everybody runs to, like one step behind the firewall. Everybody goes through it, and it's it's essentially a stateful packet inspection. It's looking for that, and it had you know at the time when drives were in the were in the hundreds of megabytes, it had terabytes of storage, and and was recording uh, still pictures and screenshots and emailing those to the administrator. Um, I really think that's probably the best. Uh, filtering or, or or management behavior management is the way to look at it. It's not content management; it's behavior management because right. you you now have photographic evidence that you take to little Johnny or little Johnny's parents or or Professor Johnson. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I it I didn't. It was too expensive for me to afford it, and it's kind of fallen off the radar. I, don't, I haven't done a search for it. I don't know if it's still out there, but I really thought it was the most brilliant uh, system. I, I think. I think the reason it probably fell out of favor is because it didn't block and, you know, parents are interested in keeping their innocent young children from seeing the porn rather than gathering in uh, evidence that they were looking at the porn. So, you know, the fact that it was probably too passive was the problem. Or maybe superintendents wouldn't buy it and CEOs wouldn't buy it because they were afraid of what it might catch. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> that's probably the, bigger, the better point of that. I can tell you that I, I home wrote. Uh, a little content management system before we started in uh, the world of untangle and and things like that. I just wrote something uh, in in Visual Basic that ran on every computer and did a scan of of every uh, window. And the first person I caught was not a student. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so you know that uh, it's a real thing. <laughs> real people get caught doing real stupid stuff. Uh, you know, and this adware is is. You know, that's the point there. It's, uh, there, they, in the article, they immediately went with, you know, he could see your passwords, but I went the other way. <laughs> I went straight to the blackmail because I think that's where the real money is. You gotta, you'd have to spearfish that. You'd have to target yep. it. Um, because I'm sure they're getting, you know, terabytes every day of stuff emailed to them if it's a big botnet. But, um, that's, uh, you know, it's definitely a cheating spouse thing, if not, uh, anything else. Uh, but yeah, scary stuff. Run Linux. <laughs> well, would it? Would that even have? Well, I guess it it would stop this particular infection. But your appliance, it wouldn't have mattered what they were running. That's true. Yeah, and and frankly, I didn't feel bad about that because if you're on my network using my bandwidth, yeah, and, and I use my in the sense of I'm the the caretaker of it, not the owner of it. I feel that way at work. When I go to work now, um, if uh, I, I think I mentioned it on this show, maybe it was one of the other shows I do. My my business has recently decided to block access to all outside mail as because they're scared of the the whole ransomware thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't have a problem with that. It's their network. It's their computer. They have every right to do that. If they want to open up every SSL thing they do and peer inside it, that that is entirely their right. That has been stood up in court many times. That you can do that. You're allowed to do that. It not only are you allowed to, you really should. So I just don't do stuff on their network um, because you know I don't even very simple on the up and up things that I could do uh, legitimately, like checking an email from my wife. I don't do that on their network now. I can't. It's blocked. But you know I use my phone or uh, even brought my own laptop and tethered to my Wi-Fi hotspot because that's their network. And, yeah. and they gave it to me to use for work, and I'm only going to use it for work. Uh, and I have no problem with them busting me or anybody else for not using it for work. I got no issue with that. 
which well, is why I, just, I, I entertained the little brother thing. I thought that was entirely appropriate, and I wouldn't have lost any sleep over putting it putting it in place. No, you may not have lost agree. sleep, but you could have lost other things like your job if you would have cut the wrong person. No. <laughs> or you could have blackmailed the superintendent and got double your salary. <laughs> that, that that's true too. But I, I I for for whatever reason I don't see Mark on that side of the the black hat. Um, thank you. I'm glad that you don't see me as that. Um, I'm not saying you're right. I'm just saying thank you for that. Um, but no, obviously you wouldn't put that in without full buy-in and lots of signatures on lots of pieces of paper. Uh, but that's that's what's no so nefarious about this. A dot duo fold mortify dot online slash bop oloda php. <laughs> that's uh that's the the image the, that the apple the apple uh application uploads to. Um, it's ingenious. I'm surprised we haven't heard about it sooner. Frankly, yeah, with, with the way people have, you know, keyloggers and everything else out there. I'm surprised that this type of thing hasn't made it big. Well, but, you know, if you've got slower bandwidth, you might notice if you're all of a sudden the Internet's slow now. True. Whereas, you know, bandwidth is fast enough where they're thinking that now we could sneak something this in and they'll think, oh, somebody's running Netflix in the other room or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, the infrastructure, while the ability to run this adware has been around for years, the infrastructure necessary to support this adware has only recently got widespread enough to right. justify its. It's it's rollout. only because we have quad core i7s and we're on Facebook that they can get away with that because we've got right. three and a half cores just sitting there doing nothing. And VNLPG miner is using that to turn your machine into a, a Bitcoin miner. Um, why not? Uh, we've all got these things just sitting there. Why not use somebody else's process for that? So that's in the same article. Um, I think that's a good idea. I admire the initiative of the guy who put that on there. Obviously, he's breaking the law, but you know, I can still admire him while I want him to be arrested. Um, so the, the GPO kicks in. It says, once infected, the victim's GPU usage will skyrocket to 70% um, and start mining. And, of course, uh, you'd have to have a huge botnet to even get anything these days. Bitcoin has gotten so difficult. But uh, that's another danger. It's not just about, uh, you know, stealing your information, but about literally stealing your resources, stealing electricity from you at that point. Yeah, or, or and cooling or killing your machine. Because how many times have you seen machines go down because they overheated? Yeah, and I mean, unless you're a serious gamer, your GPU with, you know, 16 gigs of RAM on it is just sitting there doing nothing anyway. So I I would like to see this, and, and there probably is something like that. I, mean, I would volunteer to let my spare cycles be used as a Bitcoin miner if I could get a cut of it. I'm sure there's something like that. And so somebody took this thing that was created for good and is using it for evil. Never use your powers for evil. If Spider-Man taught us nothing, it's that <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. See, I just use my idle cycles for, you know, curing cancer or something like that. So <laughs> that's why the pharma companies are after you. How dare you? <laughs> I ran the SETI at home screensaver for a long time until I realized that if there's extraterrestrial life, I'm not sure I want to find them because um, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be more advanced and, and potentially dangerous. Yes, sure. we would be the Indians to their Christopher Columbus right. and. 
that didn't work out so well. Yeah, a, a recent theory about that is that we may be getting uh, all sorts of information, but because but because they're better at encryption, it just sounds like noise to us. Yeah, it could be an advanced civilization saying, "Hey, the water's fine. Come on in," and we would know it because they're good at encryption and we still suck at it. Failure to reply to this message will signal <laughs> yeah. your solar system for deletion. Yeah. You have 72 of your Earth days left. You have 71 of your Earth days yeah. left. The plans have been at the hyperspace bypass office for the last two years. Uh, yeah. Little Douglas so, Adams, by the way, if you didn't get yep. that. I, knew, I know you guys did, but you're not. If you're listening to this right now and you have never read or listened to any of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, stop. Don't listen to another podcast until you go listen to um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book one. Uh, listen to it, buy it, it's uh, read it, wh whatever your way of consuming is, you owe it to yourself. Don't do the old radio things. They're out there. Frankly, they're not as good. They were That was like the rough draft. And, and then Douglas <laughs> it was Adams, a rough draft, huh? <laughs> and then Douglas Adams wrote out the radio things in the book and, and added it. It's the best five-book trilogy you'll ever read, I promise. And with that? <laughs> I will agree though that is that was a good series but I, it was hard to get through some of it I wish I would have read it when y'all did um, whenever we were all that age I, I read it last year and it was okay yeah it's it's Monty Python in space like mm -hmm. much of Monty Python it's better talking about it with somebody later than it is actually experiencing it but I, I can count on one hand. It's so rare in my life the number of times I have laughed out loud when reading a book. And, you know, of the five or six times in my life, yeah, I have six fingers. I can count on one hand. Um, like three of them <laughs> were Douglas Adams writing. Uh, he, he just, he gets me. He understands me. He um, gets you, dude, huh? <laughs> yeah. You had me at Zaphod Beeblebrox. Uh, so, okay, that's it. There's your 30-ish minute bonus episode uh, for those of you who complain that our shows are too long this is for you you win um, they'll be saying take more breaks <laughs> they might uh, we actually had a, a, a harebrained idea at one point to take one of our our regular 90 minute to two hour shows and break them up and release several shows like we could do a month's worth of content in one sunday night if we did that uh, one show would be the uh, you know the warm up fluff stuff about me flying my quad. One show would be the news. One show would be the discussion. One show would be Seth's link. We could do that, but um, I, I don't I don't want to go that way. I, I want to give you the full Monty every time, the full on full experience Ooh. of of Element Op at its best or worst. I, I thought we weren't supposed to do the full Monty. You guys well, told you me know, you guys told me I had to wear pants. Come on now. I, I can't see what happens below that microphone. <laughs> I've actually literally never in my life seen whether or not Chris is wearing, but I've never seen him below the waist. He could be a, an octopus below the waist, and I wouldn't know the difference. I guess the world will never know. Yeah, in He's five just really years, good CGI. In five years that I've known Chris, I've never <laughs> seen his navel or below it. I don't. I have no idea. He could be a merman. I could I be. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, still go to elementop.com. Use the contact us button. Contact uh, Send us an email. It'll be a while before we respond to it, but we would love to have a bank of stuff. If we could come back from our hiatus and do bang, 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 a couple of listener feedbacks or mini rant shows, that would be great. So check it out. elementop.com. Click the contact us button. Um, 
and uh, that will be the best way to contact us. The voicemail will still work, 559. I am hoping you leave us a voicemail, but you're going to have to wait a little while before you hear that. But again, we would love to hear it. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. I promise, maybe, at some point in the near future. <laughs> but for now, that ends this abbreviated episode of The Geek Radio.